I'm Jay Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Base Code Podcast. Hey, Jay Mac. How you doing? Good. How about you? Good. Long time. No chat. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's been about, what, two months since LairCon? <sighs> Has it been that long already? Yeah, probably. I know. Time flies. Time flies. It does. How was that bagel? Did you finish it? Yes, I did. <laughs> That's right. The last time I saw you was literally, we sat down, we ate a bagel, and then you walked off into the distance, and I sat there and finished my bagel. <laughs> New York, New York City minute. It was a good bagel. Oh, it was so good. Cool. We'll be seeing each other again here pretty soon, actually, in person. Yes. Laracon Australia, you're coming to my town. I like to call it AU. AU, yep. Laracon the down, AU. Down under. <laughs> do people really say that there or is that kind of like no, not a good thing no. to say there okay cool so if i say that we there say i'm that. gonna get like punched in the face the other thing we don't say is shrimp oh yeah so like you know how there's this whole thing of like throw another shrimp on the barbie yeah we don't actually say shrimp we say prawns so what about what about barbie do you say barbie barbie for sure yep okay so that one's legit yeah that's legit <laughs> the other thing the other thing too that was funny is when i announced it you know, normally I say something like I'm I'm super excited or I'm stoked. Sometimes I'll say that like as an old skater, but like mm-hmm. you all say keen, like I'm real keen on that. Yeah, I could see us saying that. I'm keen. Yeah. I just don't use the word. I mean, I know what it means, but I just don't use don't keen use a lot. Not in that capacity anyways. So Fair enough. So what have you been up to then since? Well, we're going to start a new mini series today. Yeah. So. On testing <laughs> testing there he so is. you've been uh you've been digging deep in testing lately you've put out a whole new course yeah called confident laravel on testing or adding tests to your existing code base if i understand correctly no that's that's spot on um yeah and to go back to your question you know i was working on it a little bit before LayerCon, but it was more about like the scripting of it and kind of just the outline of the course and kind of all the different videos I wanted to make. And I had, you know, scripted some of them before, but I didn't really start recording until after. So I made that thing in like two weeks, just like nonstop and um, launched it mid August and did well, which was awesome because you always want to kind of see those continue to grow. Like each project is more successful. Yeah. Uh, so that's nice. But, you know, it's it's tough, too, because, like, everything's about that launch. Everything's about, like, that first week. That's probably the most sales you'll do ever in, in that amount of time. Yeah. Like, maybe over the next year, it might make the same amount. But for that short period of time, like, that's why that launch is, like, so critical is because that's when everyone's going to see it and kind of have that, that initial buy and... Maybe if I do like promotions on Black Friday or Christmas or like, you know, conference discount or something like I'll, I'll get a bump in sales. But other than that, it's pretty quiet. <laughs> yeah. I bought your uh, base code book on a Black Friday sale. Uh, and that was when I'd actually first heard who you were, which was pretty cool. Well, good. Look, look at where we are now. What about you? What Any tidbits? Did you finish your project or find a new name or... Yeah, found a name, uh, finished the project, over-engineered it, yep. and then launched it, and then nothing. <laughs> yep. yep. So, like, classic first, you know, first thing, 
first project scenario, first startup kind of thing, complete failure. Well, you know, just as a tangent for a minute, like, I think it's easy to look at, especially kind of within our community, it's easy to kind of look at people that just have these like wildly successful launches. But what doesn't really get talked about that often is like how many don't. Yeah. I think that's part of the kind of learning curve, if you will, or part of all of it. Yeah. So just going back on that in a second, like, you know, you said failure, but you learned something. I learned so much. An incredible amount. Yeah. You learned like, okay, well, next time I'm not going to worry so much about the engineering. Like, yeah. let's get this out into users' hands quickly yep. and see if I need to put more effort on it or to see if like, I just know that it needed to like marinate a little bit and see if anybody, you know, uses it because that's MVP like right there and yeah. like a, the street definition, you know, so. I'm a big believer as well, but yeah, it was fun. I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that could be a whole mini series on its own. It certainly could. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so testing in light of some user feedback and also in light of course, like you said, confident Laravel. And I think it's also something you and I both do maybe more than other devs. We do more testing maybe. than other devs. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. But if nothing else, I think it's good to kind of like fundamentally talk about. So we're going to do a six-part mini-series on testing. And today, we'll just keep it light, just kind of an introductory, get people back in, you know, um, just kind of talk about like, why? Why test? Why do you like it? Why do we care? What do you get out of it? Maybe some myths, you know, also too, like, yeah, you know, testing takes more time and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that sounds good. So do you want to start with the benefits of testing? Sure. What do you, what do you think the benefits are? Well, I mean, you know, to steal your term, it's confidence, right? It gives you confidence to do so many things. It gives you confidence to to refactor your code it gives you confidence to deploy your code it gives you confidence to merge other people's code it gives you confidence to add new features to your code um, it really just lets you just not have this kind of this fear of this brittle thing that if you touch one thing over here something over there will break so for me that's probably the main thing especially when we're talking if we're talking about adding tests after the fact if we're talking about tdd there's a whole other range of benefits that i find in terms of the way that it actually guides the software design process yeah well i think i think you hit a lot of points there so let's let's back up and get a few of them so okay. i guess first uh totally agree on the confidence piece it's just the perfect name because that's exactly what yeah tests do and it's also beyond that, like it, it helps me feel like the code is complete in a way, mm -hmm. like I'm done. I think as developers, we have very analytical minds and somewhere in the back of our mind, I think without the tests, even unconsciously, like something about that software, I don't know, it bugs us, like no pun intended, like it, <laughs> something in there doesn't feel done. Is that because you're used to having the tests though? So you you kind of expect them to be there? No, I feel like it used to be there. There's like okay. a a worry or a yeah. you know, again, maybe maybe it is just for me, but somewhere back there there was a worry and I was never shocked when like someone did find a bug. And I think testing kind of helped get me there and I think it also helps you think about problems a little better. Like beyond or I guess maybe not beyond, but before kind of the over-engineering aspect, it also just kind of like 
I don't know, it helps me think about those boundary cases or even how someone's going to use it. Yeah. Because to think about those test paths, you have to think about, you know, okay, well, how does this get used? Oh, well, what if someone puts a negative number? And what if someone leaves it empty, you know? And you have to start thinking about those. And I think that that can normally help, you know, guide kind of how you want to build something. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you can, at the press of a button, do an entire regression test against everything you've already built to know that you haven't like messed that up in some sort of a way is probably the single best thing about it, I reckon. Yeah, that immediate feedback, is, you know, especially if your tests run quickly, but even if they don't, you know, you, you take a bathroom break or you go get some water or coffee or whatever. And I mean, to come back and see everything's passed, you know, your work is validated. As long as you've got the right coverage, like, you know, you could have, you could only have a half test that app and you'll get green, but it doesn't mean that everything actually is going to be all good. And even with tests, there's obviously going to be some scenarios that you may not have come up with a scenario for. But one of the other great things is when you come up with a bug, if you use the workflow of write a test that replicates the bug, then make sure that the test fails because the bug is there, fix the bug, run the test, the test passes. And then for the entire lifetime of the project, you'll never ever have that bug ever again. Yeah. Again, if testing gets injected into the workflow, um, I just think it's really going to level up not only the project, obviously, from being, you know, again, complete and bug free and so forth, but also, yeah, just you as a developer, you know, you're going to be more thorough, you know, kind of, again, thinking about all these paths, going to be more thorough in your workflow. And absolutely, you know, tests don't mean no bugs. They kind of just mean that the code I have written, I can feel good about, you know, again, feel more confident about. Even going back to what we said earlier, like abilities to maybe make something a little quick. Don't over-engineer something, you know? Yeah. Let's just kind of write the simple thing because you know what? I know there might be bugs and I know I can write tests for these extra things. And I, you know, kind of this being okay with the uncertainty of like, well, I don't really know if this works 100% yet. So I'm just going to kind of keep doing that simple thing because I know later I can throw on tests or here in a minute I can put on tests or I can even start with the tests. And when they're passing, then I'm done. I don't need to go do more and more and more. Yeah. The other thing you get as well is when you want to upgrade packages, like if you want to upgrade your framework or upgrade some third-party dependencies, because um, even if you've got some code that's fairly, you know, unchanging, it's been written this way for a while, you, you rarely touch this module, you're going to be updating dependencies most likely. Um, and being able to run your test suite when the dependencies change as well is a massive, massive benefit. Uh, I mean, every time I upgrade Laravel, it's, you know, run the test, make sure everything passes. And you're like, oh, there's this one thing that... You know, Shift is kind of always my primary focus, which, you know, focuses on Laravel upgrading or automating the Laravel upgrade process. But like, that's why Confident Laravel in a way became this no brainer for me. So I wanted that like fundamental pairing to help with the upgrade. In a way, it helps with Shift if I know that you have test coverage. Because yeah. I, I want you to be successful with the upgrade. I've supplied this automated tool to help with the tedious stuff, but I can't really tell you if it all worked. Of course not. You don't, you didn't write the code. You don't understand the project. Like, <laughs> Sure. And, and I think that's all understood, but I just want to make that process 
even easier. Like that's my focus is the point is like making that process like super easy for Laravel folks. So to know that they have tests, but also give them tools, the test generation shift or the education. So like the course, so they can add these tests and to your point, just make that upgrade like even easier. It's just like run shift, run your test, everything's green, go on. Yeah. And when you think about it, like the, it's, it's not the opposite of confidence, but the thing that kind of happens when you don't have confidence in a, in a code base is generally anxiety. So anxiety to update things and you don't need to suffer that if you've got, you know, the test coverage there. You know, it's kind of coding scared. I think when you code kind of afraid that you're breaking something or you're not too sure, like you end up doing these things like maybe extra defensive coding, you know, a lot of extra checks that maybe you don't need, but you kind of feel like you do, Yeah. which of course then leads to like kind of complex code and over engineering and, you know, all these things. So I actually have a, I made some bonus videos for Confident Laravel and one of them kind of talked about some of these tactics and I, I'm turning it into a blog post, which will probably be available by the time this podcast hits. So we'll put it in the show notes, but I basically talk about kind of how testing and some testing strategies. And of course, for me, Yagni, you know, you aren't going to need it kind of how they all play together as I build a feature. It's just kind of like a high level, you know, kind of overview of that process. So of course the course has the video, but I want to make sure that that's out there too. So, you know, it, it pretty much just says exactly what you kind of were just saying of like how all this fits together. Yeah. And I mean, I've been, I've been pretty fortunate in the last, I don't know, a couple of years, I guess, that I've been working on mostly Greenfield stuff where I've been able to, you know, TDD everything. But the times where I do have to work on like an older code base, go in and change something, the, yeah, the amount of kind of just pain and anxiety from just changing stuff and how, how bad it feels now, now that I know that, you know, like how things should be, I guess. I can't imagine not not doing it. I think, I mean, we talked about some of the the downsides um, or the the myths, I guess, around testing. Um, with one of the big ones that people see is, you know, it takes longer, it makes you slower. Even if that were true, and I'm not convinced that it is, to me, it's worth it. So going back just a second, when you come across those older projects that don't have tests, and you're now having to work on them. Do you consider or, or do you add tests for them initially or do you just kind of work with what you got? It's a good question. Um, depending on the code, there's ways that code can be that it makes it very hard to test, which we're going to obviously get into talking about because it's not always just a matter of, oh, just write tests for the existing code and you don't have to change the code and it just you can just slot it right in because sometimes the code is doing so, so much when you've got these massive multi-thousand line procedural PHP entry files with no controllers or classes or anything. Sure, sure, sure. To try and test that when there's not even like functions is next to impossible. Um, what I do tend to do is if I'm working on anything, yeah, is I will try to extract a method for it because then I can test the method and at least feel good about that small little chunk. Gotcha. But. Yeah, sometimes it's just overwhelming with how big they, how big these legacy code bases can be. I think that's a fair point, and I probably do the same thing. I think if it's something that's, I kind of look at it and I realize, wow, there's you know all sorts of inline code and there's no dependency injection or container or anything like that. 
I probably, honestly, I probably shy away from writing tests for it. So, but I, I do agree that if it's new and in isolation, even if it's new code in an existing code base, I try to do my best to at least write a test, at least one test, the happy path test for like, okay, this thing works, you know, it maybe doesn't have all the boundary cases or all kind of the paths that I didn't think of, but at least I can demonstrate that it works. Yeah. If you're starting with a Laravel project or working on it, working on an existing Laravel project, Laravel has been designed from the ground up to be really, really testable. So chances are you're going to be able to get a fair bit of testing done, even if the code wasn't specifically written for it. But yeah, the like the main thing that comes to mind for me is this like 15 year old thing doesn't use a framework. It's just, yeah. Yeah. If it isn't testable code, which yeah, we'll probably hit on a future episode of like little tips for that. But like, yeah, I, I probably don't either to be fair. So I'm actually yeah, looking forward to seeing some of these tips because yeah, if I can get some confidence in this test, this, uh, in this code base, uh, that would make me very happy. Yeah. I literally dread working on it. Like I get like, you know, knots in my stomach when I'm working on it. So, well, and I think that's like you said earlier, that anxiety and kind of fear, you know, that thing in the back of your mind, that's kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm breaking this. I know I am. Yep. I think the other thing you said that was kind of important to touch on is, is kind of the time aspect. I think sometimes, yeah, I, I think it can feel like in a way you're writing double the code. You know, you're writing the code to test the thing and then the code that actually makes the thing work yeah. and pass those tests. So, you know, it's double. I've written a lot of code where the, the, the tests have more lines of code than the implementation does. It's quite common, really. <laughs> and maybe, I guess, before we get into that, let me go back and paint a scenario where I really started testing okay. a lot was when I worked on an extreme programming team. Okay. Not only did we practice TDD, so we're spending the time to write tests and then write the code, but we also pair programmed. Yeah. So we had two developers writing tests, well, one of us at a time writing the tests, and then the other making it pass. So from a manager's time perspective, gosh, that would be like a quarter amount of the time that you would expect to get from like a developer's capacity. Were the managers like developers by any chance? Actually, this was like dictated from the top up. Like this was the culture. Yeah. So we didn't have those questions, which is funny. So, but just to paint, if people are already a little squirmy about like, well, tests are going to take time and I don't have time. Like I'm a developer. I need to write code. Like just imagine that scenario. To the other extreme, to be fair, extreme programming, quite yep. literally. So what I learned, though, you know, because at first, absolutely, I was like, well, let's just come on, let's just write the code. You know, let's yeah, we're right here. You know, we're on this line. I know how it's going to pass. Ultimately, let's just write it. It's like, well, we don't have the tests, you know, so it took about two weeks to kind of let my guard down and get used to that. But in the end, I was absolutely faster was absolutely more productive yeah. without a doubt in my mind simply because the test kind of allows you to trailblaze in a way and so when you go to write the code for tdd for, for tdd or even even a regular test right um i mean i guess backfilling a test you're not really trailblazing but yeah sure if you're writing tests first 
the test becomes this kind of trailblazing process. So by the time you write the code, it's just like it's no mental effort. It almost feels like cheating in a way because yeah. you're just kind of like filling in the blanks. Yep, I totally agree. It's It takes this whole idea of, of programming by wishful thinking to its kind of you know natural conclusion where you literally write the test. So you're writing from the outside in, you're writing the implementation you wish existed and you're playing with it. Like you'll you'll write a method call or an API call or whatever it is that doesn't exist. It doesn't the whole point is it doesn't exist. But you write what it would look like to interface with it and decide whether that feels right. And then once you've gone, yeah, actually this looks like something that I want to this is the, the you know, the API I'd like for this, you know, web service or or method or whatever it is. And then that informs the next level and then the next level. And Yeah. Yeah, like you say, it's it's like it's cheating because you run the test and the test is like, oh, this controller doesn't exist. And you're like, well, yeah, of course. And then you go and it tells you what to add, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really becomes if you if you buy into it, you know, and, and that's the if, right? That's the if. If you buy into it, it really does become kind of a more of a code by numbers kind of process, right? Like a you're just kind of filling in these things, but it's all kind of laid out for you, like you said, like the test is guiding you. And I think if you allow that to take place, you're going to get rid of, like you said, that programming by wishful thinking. I like to call it programming by coincidence, which I think came from the pragmatic programmer as well. And, you know, the over-engineering, all that stuff we said earlier, like it kind of starts to fade away because it's all about making this one test pass. And that focus can be very, very helpful instead of, you know, over-architecting stuff in our minds. It's just kind of like, well, it says to make the controller. I'm going to make the controller. Yep. So anyway, cool. Very cool. I'm really looking forward to uh, to to getting into some more of these, yeah, these these sort of techniques and chatting about them because I reckon I'm going to learn a bunch and hopefully we can teach people a bunch. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Hopefully this one kind of got the juices flowing, just kind of that intro to the mini series, what we're going to be talking about, you know, just kind of high level. So yeah, next time let's get into maybe some of like the different test types and some tooling and, you know, which ones we like and all that kind of stuff. Sounds good. All right. See you next time. See ya. Show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash 11.